You are listening to Fanfare Tracks. Because of the following special program, Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. Star Wars news in a single file. This is Making Tracks. Here are your hosts, Mark Newbold and Mark Wolcaster. That's not true. That's impossible. Hello and welcome to episode 156 of Making Tracks, brought to you by those fine folk over at fanfortracks.com. I'm Mark and joining me this week, as always, is a man who, if he was an archaeologist and an explorer, would be known as Wingiana Jones. It's Mr. Mark Newbold. Mark, how you doing, buddy? I'm very well. If you were a, an archaeologist, you would be Mark Dolcaster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, sir. Thank now, you. before we get any further, actually, I had some listeners' feedback earlier on this weekend okay. yeah, from, from my good friend, Phil Parker, who actually is a very avid listener to the show and actually tends to join us in the Good Morning Tatooine viewers chat as he well does, when we, we go live yeah and he's noticed a bit of a trend over the last few episodes it seems to be a little bit more swearing seems to be creeping into the uh, broadcasts now mm. i don't think it could possibly be me so it must be you no way <laughs> i any swearing gets bleeped there's a lot of bleeps i mean maybe i put more bleeps in than are actually needed just for comic effect but <laughs> you know i mean it's a yeah. good observation it proves he's listening well, exactly thanks for that phil you f- um, right. <laughs> he didn't so, say it was a bad thing, though, did he? No. He's a tough northerner, so, you know. <laughs> Bless him. I so wondered what you were going to say then. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Phil. So, how's things? How's your weekend stars been? And more importantly, because I've noticed we haven't done it for the last couple of weeks, what have you had new into your collection? Ooh, I'm glad you asked, because last week it was such a busy one, we just piled straight into it, didn't we? It's been a busy week. I'm getting over a cough. I can't promise I won't cough. Maybe I'll bleep them so Phil gets all paranoid and thinks we're swearing <laughs> loads. But yeah, it's been a busy week. Obviously, celebrations on the doorstep now really is honing in on us fast. So 66 days oh, as we record this. Oh my goodness. Yep. Really? So, Fanta stuff to do. Yeah. Other stuff to do. The groups thing to do. Loads to do. So, so it's all go, go, go. Plus, magazine stuff, insider stuff, and all the other bits and bobs. So, that's all busy, busy, busy. But, the big question you asked, what cool thing has come to the collection? It came late last week, and it came from my good buddy and Fanta Tracks contributor, Ross Holloman. It was the Mondo four-disc Rogue One vinyl box set. And wow, it's fantastic. It's all in black and white. So it really has an old, it almost feels, and this is going to sound naff, but it looks cool as anything. It almost looks photocopied. It's just got a, yeah, it's just got a real analog feel. Obviously it's vinyl, so couldn't be more analog, but you know what I mean? It's just got that feel about it. It's the expanded score. So it's everything's in there. Oh wow. It's gorgeous. It's, it's already on the shelf, but it just, it looks phenomenal. They've done a bang up job. And I understand that there's more Mondo stuff coming. There's Obi-Wan coming. There's season two Mando coming. There's Andor coming. There's loads of stuff Mm. on the way. Yeah. Really pleased with that. Otherwise not an awful lot. Weirdly. How about yourself? Do you know what? January tends to be a quiet month for me when it comes to 
purchases and stuff, but yeah. actually gets a second mention in one episode. Phil actually brought me two sets of um, the Bowman's Greens trading cards. Oh, lovely. They're awesome, yeah, aren't they? That's kind of like, that was my kind of Christmas present. In fact, he framed them <laughs> that, so I'm going to stick those up on the wall with all the other artwork and stuff. And actually, yeah. most of it tends to be Bowman's Green stuff. Mm. So yeah, I got two sets and Karen got the limited edition princess leia set that i think they did for echo echo the pink yeah. the pink rimmed the pink one yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so those came so they were lovely so yeah so thank you for that phil other than that the only thing i tend to be doing at the moment is adding to the ever increasing and rather now heavy pile of to be read comic <laughs> books so i've yeah. got like another month's worth of comics from dark star comics and yeah i mean i haven't even for the last couple of months even flicked through them i don't even know what what i'm actually paying for so i i need to pull them out from the collection room because they used to live in the lounge on the coffee table so they were there staring at me and kind of like accusing me and judging me for not reading them so i need to do that move them back into the lounge and then i can at least then kind of (laughs) order them and then start reading them because at this point i might as well just pick a a story and just kind of catch up on one story at least at a time so even that's going to take a while because there's probably a good five maybe six months worth of comics which i feel a little bit bad about but (laughs) hey ho such is life and that is partly to do with all the planning and scheming and everything else we're doing for star Wars celebration europe seamless link mr mulcaster i think we should discuss a little bit of celebration because it is coming in fast and everyone's at I nearly said warp speed. That's worse than swearing. Everyone's working at light speed to get their stuff ready. Panther Tracks are talking and doing a podcast at Boon to Reeve. Desert Planet Discs is heading that up for us at Boon to Reeve. So Carl and Greg will be our lead podcast there. A bunch of others of us will be there floating in and out at various points of the evening. You and me will probably be at the XL setting up celebration, won't we? I mean, not all of it, just our bits. Just our bits. It's starting to feel like it's going to be the whole celebration the way things are going at the moment. However, <laughs> yes, you know, we will be there. And if we don't manage to actually hop over to Boonta Eve, I'm sure we will be there in spirit. And if not, everybody who will be there, no doubt, will have a fantastic time. Tell us, Mark, what other stuff are we involved in at Celebration that we can talk about? So we are, as part of our respective clubs, so the Rebel Legion and Fan for Tracks, as well as joining forces with the Mando Mercs, the Sabre Guild, and the Dark Empire, we are putting on a little social event along the River Thames, and we've uh, dubbed it Sail Barge to Celebration. And it's a, it's a party boat. It's basically for all the members of those costume groups who are coming, including the 501st and the Droid Builders, and that, so we don't want to leave anybody out. We're going to hire a, a party boat, and hopefully we're going to sail on down the River Thames so some of the folk who actually are flying in on the Thursday night for celebration from all over the world and flying out on Tuesday might get to see a little bit more of London. So we're going to hopefully get down to Big Ben and Manellian Bridge. That would be fantastic. And hopefully there'll be a charity raffle and a bit of a charity aspect and some VIPs should be there. So that is what we are doing. Tickets for that go on sale Wednesday the 1st of February, 7pm GMT time. Basically it's open to any members of the um, costume clubs. There's discos, isn't there? There's like barbecues. There's there's all sorts of stuff going on. So it's going to be phenomenal. I can't wait for this night. It's going to just bob up and down the river. You know, we're going to have some food and there's going to be drinks and dancing and stuff like that. And so as long as nobody goes overboard, it'll be all right. And I'm just waiting to see who the first person is to go up to the you know the bow of the ship and kind of scream from the top of their lungs, I'm the king of the galaxy. It's going to be you doing it, Mark. We all know it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do it before anybody else. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got that, which is going to be phenomenal. And Return of the Bash on the Friday, which is the UKG501st Jedi News event. Also, Fanthatracks are your official hosts 
for hashtag Cantina 2's VIP after party. So there's an after show at the O2. It's in the King's Row, which is the VIP area of the Indigo at the O2. We're your hosts. Atomic Blonde is our DJ for the night, who's amazing. If anybody listening has ever been to New York Comic Con, you'll have heard her there. She's done stuff, I believe, at Celebration. That's going to be a pretty awesome night. And they did say that they won't close until the last person leaves. Oh, so that's challenge accepted. Big time. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's happening Monday? And it's the last day of the show. Who? What's oh, happening Monday? I mean, we've really. we got to pack it all up. So we're thrilled to be invited to be the hosts for that show because that gig is just stacked. I mean, Ash and Darth Elvis doing his last ever gig, Blues Harvest, Level Up Leroy. It's going to be amazing. And again, VIP special guests in King's Row and on stage, hopefully. Loads of cool stuff happening there. Obviously, with the sale by the celebration and with the VOP after party for Cantina 2 we're still 66 days away and I'm knackered already I know and the thing is barring the guests that we spoke about last week they've not actually announced anything so we've got all that to come <laughs> that's very true well okay let, well, since we like doing the jazz style episode here let's just riff on the question who else do you think might turn up at celebration we've got seven guests announced which is a good little mix of animated guests People that don't come over here too often, perennials like Anthony Daniels, who yeah. wouldn't be celebrating if he wasn't there, and new people like Vivian Lyra Blair and Giancarlo Esposito from The Mandalorian. Folks like that, people who don't usually come or haven't come over before. Who else do you think might turn up at Celebration? Bearing in mind that it is the fifth anniversary of Solo, 20th anniversary of the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, <laughs> the 15th anniversary <laughs> of the animated Clone Wars, and the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Ooh, well, I think, let's be honest, you said... It's not a celebration without Anthony Daniels. But equally, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a celebration without Warwick Davis. Hot off the heels of his uh, fantastic Willow series. And obviously, you know, he was in Solo and he was in Return of the Jedi. So ticks right, a couple of those boxes. It'd be nice to see Mark Hamill over again. I'd like to guess, based on the fact that he has done some UK appearances recently, we might get a hello there by um, Ewan McGregor. He might. Mm. I wonder if he's going to turn up. He's done a lot of talking about... He wants to do season two of Obi-Wan. Well, wouldn't that be great? Because Vivian Lyra Blair is there. And if Ewan was there, that would make sense. Another person who I don't believe ever turned up at Celebration is Liam Neeson. Uh Liam Uh turned up at the end of Obi-Wan. They do a season two. Then there's some play there. Maybe some more astral communication between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. So there's potential there. He's never done it. I always find with Liam Neeson that he's more into it than... Maybe people think, because every time I've heard him speak about it, other than being evasive, like yeah. he didn't want mm. people to know he was in at the end of Obi-Wan, which was Understandably, cool. yeah. You know, mm. but every time we spoke about it, he came back for Rebels a while ago. He did the voice work in Tales of the Jedi, and now yeah, he's back for, for this, you know. I think sometimes you do wonder, if they do a panel, like a Kenobi panel, it almost starts to lead towards, well, you know, that's probably where the announcement would be. But that would make sense. And obviously in Dear Rama's there as well. So potentially we could have a kind of Kenobi reunion as such. That would be fantastic. I wonder if we're going to see Pedro Pascal or Rosario Dawson. You know, you've got, we're going to be halfway through The Mandalorian when we're actually at Celebration. That's a good point. It'd be nice to see some of these faces this side of the Atlantic. So do you think, given Pedro is currently riding high with The Last of Us and they've just announced a season two of that, and we've heard that Favreau is working on a season four of Mando, it's hot property at the moment, isn't he, Pedro Pascal? Yeah, yeah very much. Do you much. think we, he did turn up at one of the prior celebrations? I think it was at 2019. He was at Chicago. But do you think he'd travel across the UK to do that? I mean, we're going to be halfway through the season, so it's not like it needs the push. It feels that 
Rosario, to me, makes more sense because Ahsoka's mm. still down the line. But what a treat that would be for UK and European audiences to see him on stage. Yeah, well, I think it kind of comes down to if he feels like he's got a connection to a fan or wants to, you know? I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Because, you know, there's some people, you could imagine like somebody like em- Emily Swallow would just come just for the crack of it because mm. she seems to be kind of more keyed into the fandom and, you know, more engaged. Whereas, obviously, like you said, Pedro is busy and is successful on other vehicles. <laughs> Fanta Tracks. So at the tail end of 2022, Fanta Tracks were at Wales Comic Con in Telford, because, you know, that's where you would hold Wales Comic Con. And one of the guests amongst many Star Wars guests at the show was Silas Carson. You'll know Silas from the prequel trilogy. He played a number of characters. He's a wonderful chap. He gave us a few minutes of his time to talk about his illustrious career and his time in the Star Wars galaxy. So this is myself and Silas Carson talking at Wales Comic Con. So we're here at Wales Comic Con. I'm here with Silas Carson. Hello, Silas. Hi, good to see you again. And you, busy day. Yeah. How are you enjoying it so far? It's great. It's lovely coming here. I, I think it's a brilliant convention. It's so large. You know, there's space for people to move around, but... Um, People here are li- really lovely. I think there's something, uh, you know, relaxed about the atmosphere. And there are some amazing costumes. I've just been watching people go past in some incredible costumes. Cosplay is on the rise. Massively. I mean, everybody out there who makes a costume, power to your elbow. There's a lot of hard work and a lot of creativity that goes into them. So, yeah, it's, it's really enjoyable for me to see people parading past. And you've got a unique sort of angle on that costume side because obviously the characters you played yeah. were makeup heavy, costume yeah. heavy. Yeah. When you see the creativity of folks who, are, who really are just scratch building for the most yeah. part, must be quite exciting for you to see I that. I think it's amazing, actually. I just I think people are so um, yeah so creative, but also very industrious. You can see a lot of hard work that's gone into them, and they don't have huge teams of you know no. uh, costume designers and and set builders behind them with all of the materials. As you said, they're scratching it up in their garages. It's incredibly impressive. And when you came into it all those years ago and you saw for the first time the the workshop or the craft that was going into what you would ultimately wear and bring to the screen, what were your initial thoughts then? Well, that's how it all started for me, playing Kiadi and Newt, actually, because, you know, lots of people will know that I auditioned for a pilot uh, the thing that I auditioned for never actually made it into the final script, but George did give me another role as a, as a pilot, Lieutenant Williams. And I was in the studio with Robin Gerland, and she asked me if I wanted to have a look around yeah. in Leavesden. I said, yeah, I'd love to. So she took me into the creature department, and that's where they were making the models that would become the various creatures. And I saw the head of Kiadi Mundi. Somebody had sculpted this beautiful head. And I stopped her and I said, who is this? What is this character? She said, oh, we're thinking of this person as um, one of the Jedi Council. And I was so taken by the, the model. I said, God, I'd, I would love to do something like that. And the, the conversation continued. She said, have you ever done creature work? And I said, no. She said, would you be interested in doing it? I said, I'd love to do that because uh, in my profession, there are just lots and lots of different disciplines. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't done that discipline. I thought it'd be great to try it out. So it kind of came from being fascinated by what people were playing around yeah. with in the model room. Your curiosity paid off. My in that curiosity, sense. yeah, absolutely. But you know, I, I really admire those people. They are artists, you know, sculptors yeah. and painters and artists. And how much of a collaboration in that sense is it then? Because you you spotted Kiadi and you 
took a liking to what, yeah. what it was without knowing that ultimately it would be you. And then that cap comes together. Your performance, the mm. costume, all the elements, how, and the director, of course. I mean, how does that all sort of play together? Well, in terms of collaboration, you know, the, uh, the character, the, the, the way that the character looks and what the character is wearing is given to me. I, don't, yeah. I didn't collaborate on that. Obviously, I do as a straight actor where there's always a conversation about, you know, how the person looks, what his hair looks like, and so on and so yeah. forth. But not in this case. The collaboration in this case came through the characterization and the voices. Yeah. Because you know that I voice uh, Newt Gunray and Kiadi Mundi as well, which is very unusual. You usually have a division between people who play the creatures are inside them and the actors who voice them. I do it all. Um, so the decisions that I was involved in were about physicalization, yeah. characterization, and voice. So there was the collaboration, and we talked a lot about that, and I brought my own ideas to it. And when you're working, for example, those two characters, very different characters, yeah. opposite sides of the, of the war, if mm. you like, in mm. the story of the film, but you're being directed by the same guy. Mm. So for, for him as well, for Lucas as well, he knows you're playing both roles. Yeah. You're bringing a different physicality to both the characters. Yeah. How does that work? Well, uh, George... <laughs> When Robin Gerland said to me, you know, would you be interested in playing these characters? I said, yes, but I wouldn't just be inside them. I wanted to voice them as well. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I wasn't interested. I yeah. wanted to own the whole character. And, uh, and Robin said, well, we don't really do that. You know, you're already playing a faced character where you will be speaking. So we don't really do that. And I said, look, I do lots of animation voices. Yeah. Uh, and I love playing around with that. Let me give you a tape a voice demo tape and you see what you think I was very bold back in oh, those yeah. days <laughs> and I did that I brought in a tape the next day and gave it to her and she listened to it and all power to her elbow she said my god you are versatile I'm going to play this to George and George came back to her and said yeah absolutely he can do that you know we can so um, it was a question of making the voices very very different and making the characterizations very different so yeah it just took me to be bold and it took me to, to know that I can do that kind of thing yeah. and that has led on you know thankfully for me doing lots of voices I do a lot of voice character work yeah. in video games but also as you know voicing the Ood in yes. Doctor Who which yes. came off the back of Star Wars yeah so um, yeah it was it was a question of me sort of elbowing my way into the door really <laughs> and it just strikes me there's a few performers that played more than one character yeah it's it's quite a vision a visionary way of thinking for the for the production as well to realise yeah. there's actors safe pair of hands and in your case as you said you'd not done that sort of yeah. that deep sort of makeup and that element before yeah. to take a chance and realise that you'd got this you yeah. could do it yeah they were taking a chance they were taking a chance yeah. to fools <laughs> <laughs> look where it led them oh absolutely it led you to Wales well I was going to say Wales it's Telford isn't it we're in Telford shouldn't say Wales yeah so you're enjoying the show and life is good. Post-COVID, you know, the world's changed, doesn't it? Uh, it has changed a lot. Yeah, it's actually, you know, it is really good to be out here again and yeah. meeting people face to face. You know, we still, I still do a lot of work. I audition all the time by self-tape or over Zoom. You know, I don't meet, meet people face to face these days. And um, there are fewer things where you actually get to meet people and get to communicate with people. Yeah. Uh, and we missed out on meeting fans for a very long time. Yes. So it's great to be back in a room with people. 
Yeah. Yeah. And celebration next April, fingers crossed. We yeah, hopefully see you crossed. there. Yeah, that would be nice. Brilliant. That would be nice. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thanks for your time. Lovely to talk to you. Hopefully see you then. Take care. All the best. For everything in one location, daily news, reviews, interviews, podcasts, video and social media feeds, bookmark fanthatracks.com for Star Wars news 24-7, 365. Great news for Star Wars gamers of a certain vintage. They have decided, in their wisdom, Arcade 1UP, to send a number of copies, 1,500, I am told, copies of the 40th anniversary edition of the Star Wars Home Arcade game to the UK. They're available at Game and Liberty Games. They're limited. It's 699.99, so it's not cheap, but it is beautiful. It's out on Valentine's Day. Now, tell me, Mark, what better gift could a, a boy buy for a girl or a girl buy for a boy, or a girl buy for a girl, or a boy buy for a boy, or whatever. Than the, <laughs> you were running out of I pronouns. Really out, <laughs> uh, I really was. Of the 40th anniversary edition of the Star Wars Home Arcade game, that is the ultimate, I would say, Valentine's gift. I mean, if you love yourself, you could buy one for yourself, couldn't you? Well, I do tend to do a lot of self-loving, so yeah, I might have to buy one for myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are pretty cool. And actually, what's quite nice is they're big, but they're yeah. not like full, you know, full-size cabinets, which means actually they're a lot easier to tuck into somewhere, you know, which makes it a little bit easier to kind of, you know, justify it and then negotiate the, uh, the real estate in the, um, in, the, in the house. But yeah, it looks beautiful. It comes with like a 17-inch display, so that's pretty big. At the moment... Retro gaming's all the rage, isn't it? You know, we GoldenEye's just been re-released for uh, the Nintendo Switch and for the Xbox. So, you know, if you're partial to a bit of N64 nostalgia, that's where you need to go for that. The fact is, I mean, the Star Wars gaming, for me anyway, is obviously the most iconic, and I think that's one that most people remember. I'm not sure I even played the Empire Strikes Back one, but I found when I played the Return of Jedi one, only a couple of years ago, I found it really freaking difficult, if the I'm speeder honest. speeder bikes through the forest? Yes, oh, yes. It's a nightmare. But the Star Wars one, the 3D Vector Star Wars one, was yeah. just, just amazing. This, I, I actually played this about five years ago at New York Comic Con. There is actually a video on Fanthatrax TV of, of myself talking to the team from Arcade 1UP and having a little blast on it. I mean, it's just like you say, I'm 6'4", so I'm pretty tall, but it's just the right height. It's about a foot and a half deep. It's about 18 inches wide. About the space that uh, one of the glass... Ikea cabinets would take up maybe a shade more than that but not much more yeah detailed one yeah exactly yeah so it's so it's achievable to fit into a space and not overwhelm and over, take over the, the room because I did here's the story I did actually have an original trilogy arcade about, oh really yeah so I went on a show on Sky One called The Fanatics and I won my episode of The Fanatics it was a good show but it didn't last long three contestants each with a certain pocket of Expertise, knowledge yeah exactly so I was the Star Wars guy the other chat was an Arsenal fan. The other girl was a chocolatier. So we all had questions based on our particular specific subject. Yeah. And then at the end, it was a quick fire round on your own topic. And by the final round, I was miles ahead. I was absolutely crushing it. Yeah. And then the quick fire round, I, I, just, I just couldn't get the answers quick enough. And the chocolatier girl was like, answer, answer, bang, bang, bang. And I thought I'd blown it. And I think I won by two points. So Oof. Yeah. go through to the final round. And it's, uh, they tell me, you've won a trip to Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. Oh, nice. I, uh, yeah, it was nice. But I told them before, I says, so what are the prizes? And they told you. And it was individual. So the football guy would have had something. The chocolatier would have had yeah, something. Yeah. I says, I'm already going. I'm, I've, I've, <laughs> I'm booked and paid. I'm already going. Yeah. Oh, we'll sort it out. Don't worry. We'll figure something out. Okay. Then they say at the end, you've won that. That's yours. Answer this question right, and you'll win this. Yeah, yeah. And what had happened was they'd asked me, they're like, pick your sixth Star Wars things that you would really want. 
I think one of them was the trip to celebration before I'd actually booked the trip. Sure. Another yeah. one was a full size Darth Vader suit. Another one was something else. And one of them was like, oh, I'd love an arcade game, a Star Wars arcade game. The question was, what is the registration number of the Millennium Falcon? YT1300 or the model number? It's YT1300. Yeah. So the guy says, right, we edit this. You've got five minutes. We want you to win this. Just think it through. Don't rush. And I went, I know the answer. He went, really? I went, yeah, it's really easy, man. And he went, is it? And I went, yeah, just do it. Come on, let's do it. You know, and it was all in real time in the end because what is the, you know, what is the model and the Millennium Falcon? I went, YT1300. I mean, come on, any Star Wars fan's going to know that. You just won a Star Wars trilogy. And they go nuts. And then they screwed up film in the end of it. So they did about five takes. Yeah. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I was about surprised five times, which just happened before. Um, but yeah, anyway, I waffle, I waffle. I had a proper one of these, but it was too big for the collection room. It's about seven foot yeah. tall, the original. Could you even get it up there? I mean, that must have been a bit of a feat in itself, just to get it up to the, the loft. Uh, no, I never actually physically owned it. It was mine. It never left the TV studio. It was in, they kept it in storage. And, and at a certain point, I says, it doesn't fit. I've measured it. It's too big. Oh, I've got man. nowhere to put it. And they went, yeah. well, what we'll do is we'll give you a, a monetary value for the, for the thing. Yeah. But that's not the point of this conversation, me no. bragging about the TV shows <laughs> that I want. This is the perfect size, £699. I did my research. I can't say why, but I do know that Liberty Games give you options to buy and pay monthly. Mm-hmm. So if you pay over 48 months and put a 69.99 deposit down, you pay £29.83 a month. I don't know how I know that. Don't ask me oh, any more questions. Man. Don't, don't no. say anything. But uh, <laughs> it, it's only £92 in weight, which is about the same weight as my left leg. I mean, I'm just looking around. I mean, there's no there's no hope in hell of me getting it. But one, maybe it's one of those things, isn't it? You just have to buy and just go, we'll find somewhere to f- make it fit. You can sit on beanie bags. Who needs a cooker? Use your microwave. It's fine. So you didn't even get a chance to play that? Star Wars arcade game in. No. At least I can say I did own one. You can one say that you owned while. one, yeah. yeah, at least in spirit anyway. In spirit, so, more in yeah. spirit than in fact, yeah. PlayStation had out for the last few years, and I think I still got it available to me, even though I'm on PS5 now. They had like Super Star Wars, which was from the uh, Super mm. Nintendo. And those games, like those you know, original trilogy, Super Nintendo by JVC games of all yes. things. That kind of mid-90s era, obviously just because my age, that's for games. Up to, I would probably say, Rogue Squadron on the GameCube, on the Nintendo yeah. GameCube. Yeah. And then we we started to get into Star Wars Galaxies and, and then a little bit of uh, the Old Republic. The career and getting married and stuff kind of doesn't tend to lend itself to, you know, <laughs> like, you know, 18 hours worth of game in a day and stuff yeah. like that. But I mean, the fact that that's still going on, I think it's fantastic. 11 I mean, it's years, what, it's 11 incredible. years, it's, yeah. it's amazing. This is Steve Bloom, voice of Zebralios, and you're listening to Fanthatrax Caravast. <laughs> May the force be with you. If I had the option to have a cabinet built like this and put my own games in it, I would put in the original 3D Vector Star Wars, which is already in there, the original X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Look, absolutely adore that game. So it'd be X-Wing versus TIE Fighter on the PC. And then I think another Lucasfilm game, it's not a Star Wars game, Full Throttle. That was another one of those sort of clue games. And I'm not good at clue-type games, but this was just so much fun. I've not played it since the mid-'90s, but it was just so cool. LucasArts were just doing such awesome stuff then, miles ahead of the curve. And as I say, I'm not a big gamer. I like the modern style. I love squadrons, really enjoy squadrons. I dabble at stuff. If I was going to buy something I was really going to, I think I'm going to, every time I go in my top room, I'm going to have a go. It will be those three, I think. Yeah. I mean, I really like Star Wars Battle Pod. 
Mm. I mean, you talk you talk about like having space for a one and a half um, <laughs> retro arcade game. This thing, yeah, is monstrous. But you know, that's what I would do. I'd get something like that. I think. But I mean, it would just be cool, wouldn't it? Just even if you couldn't buy or you know have a space and afford the actual cabinets, it'd just be quite nice to be able to play all these collected somewhere. You know, all these licensed Lucasfilm games. I think that'd be fantastic. Well, Rancho you know? Rancho Obi Wan has got Steve's got a sort of an arcade off yeah, the main that's room. Right. Mm. Uh, I don't suppose one of these is in there, but maybe it is. I've not been to Rancho for a good few years now, sadly, but that would be a great place to go to really have a blast. That's why Rancho Gold is so much fun, because he turns all the arcade machines on and <laughs> everyone's having a go whilst they're eating cupcakes. I, I do miss arcades. They were great places to be and to go to. And like you say, if you go somewhere on holiday back in the day and you stumbled across one of the old Star Wars, either the stand-up or the trilogy arcade like this, or the, the sit-down 3D vector one when you were encased in the seat, there's a, there's a lot of love for these old vintage games, and I'm pleased that there's companies like Arcade One Up and Limited Run Games bringing stuff back as well. You know, running out the older games and doing really beautiful special box sets of of some classics and bringing them, porting them across to things like you just yeah. said, like Switch and Xbox and PlayStation Five. Hey man, it's me, Kevin Smith, Star Wars fan, Fanta Tracks fan. So a couple of episodes ago, we had the good fortune to be joined by Andy Seacombe. He was at MCM Birmingham, and myself and Carl Bailey's had a few minutes with him chatting about his time in the Star Wars Galaxy as Watto. But a funny thing happened whilst we were in that conversation. Mm. The chap that was with us, who was from a, I believe, a French website, asked him a question after Andy had said, I always get asked to do the voices, and I'm never mad keen on doing the voices. And then, of course, the guy said, could you do some of the voices? So, being the obliging chap that he is, he did some of the voices. No money, no parts, no deal. Why are you waving your hand around like that? You think you're some kind of a Jedi? Hmm, Nubian. That's the spaceship he's talking about. Um, what else can I dredge from the silt of my memory? Um... Uh, you may have won the short toss, Outlander, but you will not win the race. <laughs> How's that? Final thing for this episode, we have a listener's question. This is from Patrick Wheatley. The question is, Mark, what would be the ultimate Return of the Jedi panel at Star Celebration Europe 4 in April? The ultimate panel, in my mind, would be... Richard Marquand interviewing Carrie Fisher and a slave layer gold bikini pageant. Wow, they are answers I was not expecting. Uh, <laughs> you know, the slave layer pageant thing they used to happen at Celebration back in less enlightened times. Did they actually do a pageant or was it just more of a meetup and a big photo call? They did the meetup at the original Celebration Europe, yeah. if you remember. They had that jabber as you walked under the desk. Was yeah, it under I the do. Desktop? Yeah. There was that yeah. great big jabber and they, they all lined up there. And I know they did it at Celebration 4 and certainly at 5. And then I think yeah. after that, people started getting twitchy about attractive girls in bikinis. And so it stopped. The ultimate panel, I mean, you've got to think, you mentioned Warwick earlier, and I always think of Warwick mm. interviewing Carrie, you know, yeah. of all the times you would want Carrie and Warwick to be on stage together, it's this year talking about Jedi exactly. the first time. And they did some cute stuff, they reenacted it, and they did some really fun stuff. They did it in Essen, because I, I was yeah. there. Luckily with Essen, I, and which is probably one reason why I think it's my fondest style celebration to date anyway, mm. is because yes, I was involved with the clubs. I literally just had to bring the, the tent of wool, set it up on the day before, and then I was free to do whatever until the end of the show. 
Well, you inducted me in the Elstree base. Oh, yeah, that, I did that. that yeah, you yeah. and you and James, in fact. That's yeah. right, yeah. You know, but I didn't have any responsibilities. I just, you know, I had an exhibitor pass and that was it. I just rocked up and just went to all the panels and it was fantastic. And I yeah. literally went to, you know, at least all the main panels. There was no issue with me getting in because it was quite a big auditorium. Like, it was huge, mm. in fact. When they reenacted that, I thought that was absolutely hilarious, you know. I mean, it's... And the way, you know, the rapport that they both had between each other, you know, is always touching. Yeah, I mean, it would just be nice just to kind of get a bit of a reunion. We've still got Mark, we've still, you know, we've still got Harrison. Yes. And we've got Billy D. But you mentioned Warwick earlier and you mentioned Willow. And on June 30th, we get Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And at Celebration in Anaheim, there was a Willow panel. And then there was Harrison came out and, and mentioned and talked about Indiana Jones in and amongst all the other Star Wars stuff. But it's all Lucasfilm. So do you think there's a potential then that I don't know if there's going to be a Willow too, but this would be a good time to announce it if there was? because they certainly teed that up at the end Why of not? the final episode with yeah. the three chapters. They want Absolutely. to do three seasons. But maybe Harrison comes out, talks about Indiana Jones, and then he's here for the 40th anniversary panel. He was there in 2017 in Orlando for the 40th anniversary Star Wars panel. We never really got a 40th anniversary Empire panel because of the pandemic, which was terribly sad that we missed out on that. And John Williams is still around. Yeah, You know, Mark's still around. Harrison's still around. George is still around. So there's a lot of the big players, the tentpole people, Everyone really to do with Jedi, apart from Ralph McQuarrie, Richard Marquand, and Carrie Fisher. You could have a whole parade of Ewoks, past mm-hmm. and present. I mean, Solo yeah. fifth anniversary, Jedi fortieth, yep. and Kazdan mm-hmm. would make sense. There's plenty. There's plenty. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the fellas that were involved in Jabba the Hutt still around. I interviewed Dave Barkley at a recent event, and Toby yep. Philpot. I interviewed a long time ago, but I mean, Toby's still around doing stuff. An ILM panel for Return of the Jedi would be fascinating because to get Tipper out talking about the Rancor, get Murin out talking about the speeder bike. Yeah. All the other elements that went into making Jedi such a step up. Just that battle for Endor at the end, composition of all the ships and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, I still think, beyond a shadow of doubt, that holds up today better than anything else from that early 80s era. Oh, yeah. Hands down. You know, and they haven't had to go back and do a CG version to kind of make yeah. it sit in a bit better. And I think that is testament to the fact they were just able to just do it. And yeah, sure, they have tidied up some of the matte boxes and matte lines around ships and stuff. But I got Buck Rogers from the 25th century with a box set for Christmas. And I know it's a big, it's a little bit different comparing yeah. TV budget to Lucasfilm budgets in the early 80s. But you look at that stuff and you go, that is ropey. <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> you know, and half of it you kind of go, I'm pretty sure I saw that same exterior or that same ship in uh, Battlestar Galactica. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah. you make, that's a great point, you know, because with Battlestar, obviously the ILM team sort of disbanded because they moved and, and went and worked on Galactica and got all that knowledge and then came back for Empire. Fascinating stuff. It's all in the Light and Magic documentary. But stock shots, when Next Gen came out, here we go, as my regulation Star Trek mentioned, when Next <laughs> Gen came out, I think ILM did 18 or 19 sort of stock shots of the Enterprise D. Yes. So they and they got the credit at the end of every episode of Visual Effects by ILM, even though they pretty much only did that until they got to the movies. And every other show would just have these stock shots. You know, Galactica. Yeah. You have that main shot of the Vipers flying left to right and then right to left and then bottom <laughs> of the screen to the top of the screen. They just reuse, reuse, reuse. Why not? With all due respect. The audience back in the 70s and 80s isn't anywhere near as savvy as they are now. So you could probably get away with your reasonable shots and people would probably not cotton on quite the same way. Or maybe just be a little bit more accepting. We have such high expectations, not from just Star Wars, but from all tier E series, that when these kind of things suddenly start to happen and they start to reuse shots, you're like, 
wait a minute. Yeah. It seems to be a little bit more glaringly obvious, but it's like that random shot of R2 in the Falcon after they escape the Death Star. And oh, it's, and like, it's, it's on the Death Star. It's totally on the Death yeah. Star. And it's like, that's just, to Why me, that just... come back and fix that? I know. I mean, because that was such a, you know, it's a static shot. It was such an easy roto just to have replaced uh, like a bit of background. You could have done that, you know. It's something that I picked up on very early on. You know, hopefully, like I said at the beginning of the show, it feels like forever ago. You know, it's what, 66 days? So probably by the time everybody starts to listen to it, it'll be 65 or 64. So yeah, you know, I don't think we can be that long away until we start getting some panel announcements from Celebration. Well, thank you very much to Paddy for uh, sending in that lovely listener's question. We do appreciate it. And if you have any more listener's questions, thoughts or theories or comments especially about the type of humour that is now creeping into making tracks on a regular basis, you can drop us a line. And Mark can tell you how you can do it. Yes, I can. So thanks everyone for listening to Making Tracks. If you want to be a part of the action and stay updated on all the latest Star Wars news, visit fanthatracks.com or check out the free... Tracks app through the App Store to follow us on your mobile device. That's a reused sound effect. I've heard that before. You can reach out to us and send in your listeners' questions by emailing radio at fanthatracks.com. So like Patrick did, like our previous listeners have done across all the episodes we've done, anything, everything, ask us a question, we'll answer it the best we can. Comment, like and share on any of our social media feeds at Fanthatracks and be sure to subscribe, leave a review, preferably a five-star one, on Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcatcher or smart speaker of choice. And as always, thanks to James Semple for composing the Fanthatracks intro, Adam O'Brien for our Making Tracks opening music, and Mark Daniel and Vanessa Marshall for our voiceovers. Remember, tune in to Good Morning Tatooine. It's live Sunday evenings and Thursday evenings when there's a live action show on at 9 o'clock UK time, 4pm Eastern, and 1pm Pacific on Facebook and YouTube. And check out our Fanthatracks radio Friday night rotation. It's every Friday night at 7 o'clock for new episodes of The Phantom From Down Under, Planet Layer, Desert Planet Disc, start your engines collecting tracks cannon fodder and special episodes of making tracks and every tuesday at seven o'clock uk time for your weekly episode of making tracks and i'm nearly out of breath but that's me done for this episode so it doesn't matter brilliant well done buddy nice chat as always thank you very much for listening everybody hit up all those likes and follows and subscriptions and all that stuff to all the fan for tracks news channels all over the place we are literally everywhere we're like florists <laughs> until then it's a james bond reference So until next time, everybody stay safe, take care. And of course, as always, may the force be with you. Coming up next on Fantha Tracks Radio, it's the Fantha from Down Under.